If you work for a living, why do you kill yourself working? From the Willamette Valley, in America's great Pacific Northwest, greetings! You are listening to The Ernest Mann Show, and I'm your host, Ernest Mann. Coming to you from the interweb, no matter where you may be listening, in this beautiful, but sometimes crazy world, we all share. Hello everyone, thanks for tuning in, or for tuning in again. Right out of the chute, I wanted to give a special thank you to Nancy in Minneapolis, Minnesota. For your much-appreciated generous support, it will be set aside. And with a wee bit more, I will finally be able to pick up a long-overdue new microphone. And all you will be able to hear my intrepid voice much better. Again, it is sincerely appreciated, Nancy. Thank you. Now to answer your very good question, Nancy, about the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, which I will answer in my typical, unvarnished, colorful, and straightforward manner. The title episode to this episode. You know, sometimes Satan comes as a man of peace. This is from a Bob Dylan song, Man of Peace, and I believe it is completely appropriate. I strongly suggest everyone give it a listen. Now, of course, I'm familiar with everything that's taken place from the beginning of this particular conflict when Hamas attacked Israel a few weeks ago. What was very surprising to me, however, all the demonstrations across the USA, particularly at college and university campuses, in support of the Palestinians which in turn means, by default, support of Hamas. But after I have given it a bit of thought and consideration, it's actually not that surprising, considering what's been taking place here in the U.S. politically, especially in the last 20 years. If you are a young person in your 20s or early to mid-30s, I ask you to lend me your ear, and if you are older than that, well, try to find someone within that age group to listen to what I'm about to say here, because this is not just the same tired old support Israel narrative. Not just about my fairly extensive knowledge of this subject, but an objective opinion based on what I have actually witnessed, which I assure you is worth more than a $10 prostitute, a cheap excuse, and a bar of lye soap with a beer. I can explain all that later if you want. First of all, I want you, all you young people out there to know that I don't mince words. I'm not known for being an old softy, I call a spade a spade. So having said that, I will say as pleasantly as I know how, that as far as this situation between Hamas and Israel is concerned, if you have any belief whatsoever that Hamas is the victim of Israel, you are wrong. 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 Fucking wrong. 
But I also want to say that I don't necessarily blame you. Because to a certain extent, perhaps to an even greater extent, it's not your fault. If you're a student and what you are experiencing concerning this conflict is one of the best coordinated propaganda efforts coming from the faculty since the Second World War. Now, I don't want to go into a long-winded history lesson about the creation of the State of Israel. Even if we picked up just from 1948 alone, it would take a very long time, beyond the intended length of this episode. So bearing that concision in mind, what I'm telling you is this. The Palestinians have demonstrated overwhelmingly and in particular, I'm talking about Muslim Arabs, time and time again, in the simplest possible terms, despite whatever endless and completely disingenuous rhetoric the Muslim Arabs put forth, they are genuinely and in no way, shape, or form really interested in peace with Israel. They have flatly refused every opportunity and some of those opportunities were actually, you know, very good and would have been very beneficial for the Palestinians to be at peace with Israel on the flimsiest and often ridiculous pretexts and objections that it is possible to create. The absolute historical truth is that Israel has extended the olive branch many times and not only have the Palestinians rejected it, but usually spat on it and threw it back in Israel's face. The true unvarnished reason for this is really simple. In the final analysis, the Palestinians, I'm referring to the Muslim Arabs, absolutely hate Jews and simply want them all to go away and or die. There are many historical reasons for this, part of which dates back to the Ottoman Empire, the Germans, who were basically the OGs of the Nazis. So in the shortest possible terms, although I have no doubt that you certainly have not been taught to make this connection, the current Palestinian state, and particularly the areas of Lebanon and Syria, and all of the areas that are comprised mostly of Muslim Arabs are actually ideologically close-kissing cousins of Nazi ideology of the 30s and 40s. The only main primary difference is that the Muslim Arabs want to kill all the Jews for Allah, whereas Hitler and his top brass of lunatics simply hated Jews because, well, they hated fucking Jews. But the Nazi, Nazis, they used the Jews as a convenient scapegoat for everything that was wrong with Germany after they lost the First World War. The famous stabbed-in-the-back bullshit narrative that the Nazis made up to blame the Jews for everything that was wrong with Germany. Simply put, all that anti-Jewish Nazi propaganda was bullshit then, 
and is basically the same kind of propaganda strategy that is being put forth very effectively by the Muslim Arab Palestinians today. What you must understand, however, is that this Palestinian Muslim Arab propaganda that is being put forth through colleges and university campuses throughout America, and as well as other parts of the world, particularly in Britain, is actually designed with one purpose in mind, to divide and conquer. This is, and has been, for a long time, the long game of Islam. Very long short story. They come into town, cities, or countries as refugees of one form or cause or another. They basically lay low and are cool for a while. Then, when their numbers get large enough, they get strong enough, they start stirring up shit, demanding governments, whether local or national, to make more and more concessions to and for their maniacal and genocidal religion. At some point, when governments will go no further to appease them and refuse to do this, then they begin playing the victim card, basically start stirring up all kinds of shit. And I have observed them do this over and over again. Now, I completely understand that you may just think I'm some irrelevant old fuck who doesn't have a clue, and I'm completely out of touch. Okay, fine. But if I may be allowed to prove my point in the case of the fairness, that word that the young and very idealistic love to kick around, I would just ask that you do this. If you really want to pull, I'm sorry, if you really want to put what I'm claiming to the test, and you actually have the balls to do so, here's what you can do. Wrap up your affairs here in the evil, horrible United States or whatever other westernized country you may be currently living in. Say goodbye to friends and family and get your ass a one-way ticket to the Middle East or any other Muslim-controlled location or country of your choice and live as a Muslim for at least two years. This goes double for women, and that should give you enough time to fully experience the true culture and religion of peace that is so glowingly talked about on the relative safety of American college campuses and universities. And after that experience, if you still have any functional fucking brain cells in your head that the 7th century teachings of Islam have not destroyed, you can contact the U.S. absolutely begging to get your ass out of there and endlessly crying how you were so wrong, how there was just so much that you didn't understand. Um, but now you really, really sorry. And you, like an embarrassed and repentant child, you beg forgiveness and plead to come back to the U.S. That's what the fuck you would be doing in probably a year or less.
And like the old TV commercial used to say, I guarantee it. Has the U.S. done wrong in its foreign policy in the past? Of course it has. And undoubtedly, the same thing with Israel. But I will note that the difference with Israel is that over the last, say, 50 or 60 years, their actions against the Palestinians, and I'm talking, I'm being specific about that, the Muslim Arabs, has largely been reactionary. And Israel has made many sincere attempts at peace which were ignored or flatly refused, and that is historically true, as I stated before. Try to put yourself in Israel's position, you know? Try to have some, you know, empathy. Just try it, okay? Okay. Have you ever had a neighbor that was just batshit crazy? Right now, for instance, I have two of them. Not just one, I fucking two. But anyway, no matter how many times, you know, you've made overtures to get along, they either ignored you or, you know, threw, threw your offers back in your face. How would you feel? I bet after 50 years or so of that kind of bullshit treatment, you'd have a reason to be righteously pissed off yourself. If I may wrap things up, if you take anything from what I say here, just please remember this. You and I, the Jews, and anyone else who isn't Muslim falls into one huge category, the infidel. And I don't give a rat's ass what they say or claim about being peace-loving. Islam has... <laughs> It has clearly demonstrated historically something quite different. And uh, as I already pointed out, just take your ass to a Muslim country and live there for a couple of years and maybe, just maybe, you'll begin to see the light and truly appreciate how wonderful it is to live in a society that recognizes the 21st century not socially and ideologically still living in the 7th century, which is exactly the truth of what Islam really is. One last thing. I don't want to hear about how wrong I am because I'm talking about red-laced Muslims or that you have one or more really nice Muslim friends who wouldn't dream of committing violent acts against individuals or governments. That's a defensive and, well, deflective rationalization argument that has been used countless times to justify Muslim violence and hypocrisy. I fully understand that many of you out there, that many of you out there already know this and that I'm preaching to the choir, but please be patient because there are many that simply don't know. They don't know the stuff. And I'm trying as best as I know how to reach them. So yes, Muslims or their sympathetic ass-kissing apologists at universities suggesting that we, um, you know, we should look past any actions committed by 
Graduate Muslims is an utterly idiotic yet simultaneously disingenuous as saying radicalized Nazis. It is, um, <laughs> God. I mean, can you imagine all the commanders and generals back in World War II telling, you know, the D-Day invasion forces that when they land on the beaches of Normandy, make certain that they only shoot mm, mm, radicalized Nazis. The rest of them are nice and perfectly fine. We should have tea and dialogue with them. Mm. What I, I don't even know what to say. Okay, I'll say this. I'll say with both reason and logic, I say go fuck yourself and the bullshit double standard Islamic horse you rode in on. In the final analysis, the only social and governmental role that is acceptable to a Muslim is Islam and no other. It even clearly states so in their holy book, the Quran. And if Britain and the United States doesn't actually do something to stop this really soon, we are going to find out exactly what that means. You women, you'll be wearing a burqa, whether you want to or not. And this is not alarmist hyperbole. This is a historic analysis of everywhere that Islam has taken hold. And if you don't think it can happen in Britain or America, think again, infidel. If you enjoyed this, please do subscribe and hit the notification bell because it really does help my channel grow. And if you can offer some support, hey, please do so by going to the Ko-Fi link in the description below. Anything would be sincerely appreciated. And last, but certainly not least, if you have anything, no matter how ordinary or unordinary, you would like to hear or talk about, don't hesitate to reach out to me and tell me what it is you want. That link is also in the description below. And so, if you do that, we can get it on the show. Until next time, this is Ernest. Thank you for listening. I'm wishing your health, wealth, and good luck.